We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You knew it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! How good you guys! And welcome to another episode of the Golden Blocks Podcast, the Bearcast. It's been a it's been a eventful week. It has. It's been a very long week. And it's almost game day. And it's only Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Even though we had Monday off, which was weird. <laughs> weird to think this is a short week. <laughs> All right, but we're we are back. Um we're here recording um on a Wednesday night, way too late to be recording a podcast, but yet we are for your listening benefits. So, uh, well, this is just our normal normal podcast. We'll have a Weaver State preview up on Friday, um, so you guys can listen to that then. But for now, you're listening to this. So, here we go. Let's. Uh, we're gonna go through this pretty pretty quickly, just because uh, it is getting late. <laughs> so let's start. Uh, we don't have individual top three of the lines. We kind of consolidated it into just top, the top three. So um, we'll go with the first is the Cal YouTube videos. So if you haven't watched any of the YouTube videos so far that Cal Athletics slash Cal Football has put out uh, before the um, UNC game and then the little five-minute highlight reel of the UNC game with Joe Starkey's broadcast, you know, laid over the thing. It's um, The the hype-up videos are, are pretty good. I'd say that the media, like, you know, getting... And uh, is that the right word to say? Like just the media hype up on YouTube, like it, it just it's they're they're doing well with the videos and they're Cal video guys. Yeah, yeah, they're doing a real good job of making videos that people want to watch and gets people amped up about football. Yeah, you're being like modest. Yeah, that was the coolest video I've ever seen <laughs> featuring Cal football. That was yeah. great. Yeah, and he's talking about the one that that five minute one uh, where it wraps up the UNC because that. That in that in the first minute alone, that intro, that pump up speech, I think it's given by Coach Becton. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's Coach Becton. Um, is just Andy and I were sitting on the couch watching, it and we're like, "Let's get ready to hit someone." I was fired up. <laughs> yeah, we were real fired up after that one. It was. It's. It's real good. I think if they d- decided to do that every week, I think it'd be, it'd be good. I mean, regardless of the win loss, like just to see the progression and you know the behind the scenes look. It's just, I think it's always something that people want to see, which is, I think, great. So I'm excited for that, with, with, if they keep doing this for football, 
and then that they transition that into basketball and stuff as well. I think that'd be super cool. I always felt that the football videos were a bit better, but I don't know if they're done by the same people. Yeah, they might be. They might not be the same team, but I wish they did. I mean, it looks cool. The video guys when I was there on staff were always really strong. Yeah. I, I like deep down hope that it's the same people, but I just kind of doubt it. Yeah. And then even the Joe Roth video they released today yes. was awesome. And I feel like that was produced by Under Armour. Yeah. Which is, that's my second, that's oh. the, that's our second point is the good transition is our, the Joe Roth jerseys are back. They're wearing them for the SC game in two weeks time. So are you excited that they're coming back? Are you, are you a fan of the, the old school throwbacks? Yeah. So I guess. I, I think I'm like a fan <laughs> by association. And I feel really bad because like every single one of my Cal threads blew up today. Uh-huh. Twitter blew up with the Joe Roth stuff. My thread about Cal blew up with the Joe Roth stuff. Everybody loves it. I feel like they kind of look a little like UCLA to me. A little bit, And yeah. so I don't love it as much. But I I do like this variety like and this version better than I did, let's say, in like some of the ones that we saw when we were in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the colorway, yeah, definitely. The shade of blue, you know, all that. But for me, the thing that makes the Joe Roth jersey, for me, is not the jersey, it's the helmet. The helmet with the, the all gold, even the face face mask is gold, with the, with the long block C. Um, you know, personally, I, if you look back at the Cal football stuff, I'm a big fan of helmet stickers. Don't don't ask why. I just I really like helmet stickers. You know what Ohio State does with with their helmets. I just think it looks cool because it progresses as the season progresses. Um, and there's one Cal one where they have like a the they have an Oski caricature that that's on as a helmet sticker, but it's uh, it looks like the old Chicago Cubs bear sign, mm. the one that kind of looks like Mickey Mouse, mm. um, and. I always thought that it was a that was a nice look, you know, putting those stickers on. So if they ever decide to do that, I think that'd be a that'd be a really cool little touch to put on it. I always hated that Harbaugh did that. The helmet stickers. Yeah, because I felt like it just fires up the team, and it's such a good motivator. It is uh, to want to perform to get that extra thing. What I don't know what what the what the what's it, the lines are, but I think what they said was like running backs. It's like one one sticker with every ten twenty yards, something like that, and then. You get another one for every touchdown you score. Yeah, um, it's like it's just signifying your accomplishments. Yeah. It's a really, I think it's a really strong motivator. Harbaugh obviously took the axe one. Just brilliant job with mm-hmm. that. I'd love to see us do it, come up with something. Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. And the last part of the line, our top three items, is the Pac-12 comebacks this week. My dear God. Uh, Colorado SC was just, or not Colorado SC, uh, What's it? Western Western Michigan, which is of course PJ Flex old team, and USC went back to back to back to back up until I'd say was it the fourth quarter or third late in the third where uh, SC finally scored like three touchdowns in a row. One offense, Stephen Carr offensive, then a defensive pick six, and then another offensive touchdown, and then that's where the game was sealed. But up until that point, it was seven or fourteen zero, then fourteen seven, then fourteen fourteen, and it just went on and on and on. Um, and then of course. UCLA's incredible comeback last night against Texas A&M, or not last night, uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, Sunday. That was, uh, I was shocked. I was legitimately shocked. Was it 44-10 with four minutes left in the third? 
and you come back from that, <laughs> just it's unbelievable. That that meltdown. I actually tweeted. I thought Kevin Sumlin might be fired on the tarmac once they got back to College Station. So, but yeah, the the amount of Pac-12 comebacks this year. I mean, this week. I mean, even our game technically kind of was a comeback. I mean, we were down yeah. three going in halftime. So definitely. So yeah, the Pac-12 comebacks were a big storyline. Pac-12 also went twelve and zero. That's a huge win for the conference, I think, at, um, going into the season. So, wow, that definitely helps. Twelve and zero. Twelve and zero. Hmm. Pac-12 teams did not lose week one. Oregon State won. Yeah. Oh wow! They won on a missed field goal to end the game. Oh, it would have tied the game. Huh? But yeah, they did it. Twelve and zero in week one, and now I think that helps because then we're going into league play with teams that have. Built up their resume with out of conference schedules, right? Sure. So if we pull off those ones, that only helps our schedule. Yeah, that's definitely not a bad thing for us. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about what this win means for our record going forward? For UN, our UNC win? Yeah. Uh, I think I look beyond just the numbers personally. This is my take on it is now you. As you, you know that the video we just watched with Wilcox at the end, and he's like talking about how how good they played, and then how they can look at the tape now and see how they can improve, and that just means they're only going to get better, right? Like this this UNC win wasn't the best version of the Bears we'll see this season, offensively and defensively, and that's only going to help because now. You had to you had to get these kids on offense and on defense to buy into these new systems without seeing any of like personal success like firsthand. Now these guys can go back and see the tape and be like, "Look what we did, and that worked. It worked well. Look at that defense. <laughs> Look at that defense. <laughs> Look at that defense. How many times was that tweeted? I don't know, but I I I tweeted that out and I got a lot of retweets, which was when look I, at that defense. Yeah, I said, <laughs> don't don't say that we didn't tell you that the defense was going to be improved and vastly improved, and you we didn't were, know it was going to be that much better. We didn't think it was going to be that good, but we everyone thought that uh, how how much better could it be? They always thought we had a lack of talent, and for me, I've always said this: lack of talent wasn't the issue, in my opinion. I think there was a coaching lack. The mm. entire the entire time here, like, I mean, Devontae Downs, man, his his like, it's it, it's just ridiculous how his stat line is. Let me pull it up. He what was it? Uh, he got the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week yep. this week. Thirteen tackles, eight solo, five assisted, uh, half a tackle for loss, one forced fumble, and one interception return for thirty nine yards. As a middle linebacker. Pretty solid day. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, can you ask for anything more of your middle linebacker? I, I don't think you can. He, in, he, he affected the game on the ground, behind the line of scrimmage, in the turnover battle in the trenches, because that, that forced fumble came when the running back was like in between the tackles, you know, in the gaps. And then, off, of course, in the pass game, too, with an interception. Oh, he also had a QB hurry. So, so let me drink a little bit of the Kool-Aid. And give you so you're you're avoiding and you've been consistent with this and yes. avoiding giving out the numbers side. Yes. So I'll play the uneducated consumer <laughs> role. Yes. And uh, do. let me just paint a little picture. So Cal beats UNC on the road. Wilcox gets his first win. 
a lot of things look really good. In comes Weber State, if that's how you pronounce it. It is Weber State. And they don't just make grills, but they have a football team, and you would assume that we would win that game, knock on wood, just in case. Then comes Ole Miss. Miss. Ole Miss has a ton of coaching turnover, a lot of talent, but really an unlike an offensive lineman taking over, or offensive line coach taking over as head coach. Cal gets the win there at home. So now you're 3-0. You have a new coach. You have a Joe Roth throwback game. You have a USC team that would have to have had beaten Stanford. Um, and I forget who they played directly before us. Yeah. Um, and coming in, let's say they come in undefeated. Is that a college football game day? I think it is, but it's also the homer in me because because if you if you haven't looked at the game schedule for week was that week four is that week four in college football in week four at least in the Pac twelve Washington plays Colorado that day, mm. and what is that? That's a rematch of the Pac twelve championship game. Sure. So if they go in undefeated there as well, see that's the big question mark. But I've also I've also heard the remarks of how national media loves SC, and if SC is going to another team that's three and zero, and they're probably going to be SC is probably going to be jumping up in the rankings as well. You might give college game day to to the SC to the SC team, which means they end up in Berkeley. Because I know that Fowler back when in. I got to meet him at the Oregon game. Yeah. He was saying he would give my buddy Zach all these updates. And so when we won the Oregon game, it was, okay, if you guys beat Oregon State, uh, we'll come back after that for the SC game. Yes. And it'll be the first game day in Berkeley. Yeah. And then obviously we didn't. Um, and then there was still some rumor that they would come back anyways, which they opted not to. So I, they've actually been dying to come back and do it. I don't. It's an early season matchup. I think your point is like uh, there probably is another matchup that exists that's probably more exciting than this. But I'm drinking from the Kool Aid, so I yep. have to build the hype a little bit. Yep. Increase the blood pressure. Yep. It'd be it'd be amazing. How would here's the thing in Berkeley? Let's say College Game Day does come to Berkeley that day. You've seen College Game Day and how it works, you know, at least on TV um, on a every weekly basis. Do you think that we can pull the crowds to come in and just kind of have that College Game Day ambiance around wherever they end up? If they do come and wherever they end up setting up the stage? Yes, definitely. Um, I think Cal, I've said this many times. Sonny Dykes said this. I'll say it. I'll quote the good old Sonny Bear. Uh Cal is a sleeping giant. I go around town and I see people wearing Cal gear for no reason. Everywhere. It happens all the time. And all I think to myself is, wow, there is this casual observer that exists beyond those like us. Yes. I like to consume this, this team and this university a little bit more frequently that is waiting to be tapped into because Stanford's too far away. Yep. And it's out of sight, out of mind. So it really is the entire East Bay. And you look at the Warriors and you look like how much we, we've rallied around that team. I, I personally believe that you look at that Deshaun video that yes. was coming around. Yep. Hard to believe we're that old. Um, Ten years ago, that is. 
that stadium was packed. I remember that game. The game was loud as can be. Yep. Loud as can be. The first five games of that season. Oh, goodness. And that's what I think you get is even if it's not the student base that necessarily shows up for it, you're going to get the old blues that show up for it. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to show up for that. I'll definitely show up for that. Yeah. I have 15 friends that are going to come with me and show up for that. So, yeah, I think we hold it down. Wherever it is, whether it's at Maxwell, whatever the hell that's called now, Maxwell Parking Garage, mm-hmm. <laughs> or if it's... It would be cool to see it on Sproul. Yeah, it'd be cool it'd to be, have it on be, Sprawl. Yeah, right in front of Dwinell, or Is that Dwinell Hall? That first... That first building, or is that Sproul Hall? Is that Sproul Hall? You're talking about right where they always have the rallies? Yeah, the white, the white building across the street from the MLK. It's not Dwinell. It's not, it's not Dwinell, yeah. yeah. It, uh, it's definitely not Dwinell. Never had a class there, so I don't know. I think that's the, that's the, the, the register office, so I think, that, I think that's Sproul Hall. UCPD? <laughs> yeah, on the backside. <laughs> yeah. You are right. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, the hype is there. The hype is, I think... 99% of the Cal fans are looking beyond this week already, <laughs> yeah. you know? And um, let's, I, I, I want to I just pump the brakes a little bit just because we've seen this happen time in, time out. <laughs> Every year. We've seen this happen time in, time out. And we've also seen FCS teams come out of nowhere and beat FBS teams. Hello, Appalachian State, Michigan in 07. So we'll, we'll pump the brakes a little bit after the Weber State win. We're going to be talking about this for like 30 minutes okay. <laughs> before the Ole Miss game. You know we're going to be talking about this before the Ole Miss game, most yeah. definitely. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it for our top three of the line. Let's, let's delve into the, the UNC game a little bit. Um, so just to give you guys a little recap, uh, UNC, Cal in North Carolina. Cal's first time out to the state of North Carolina um, and Cal wins 35-30, um, led behind quarterback Ross Bowers. 38 attempts, 24 completions, two interceptions, but four touchdowns and 363 yards. Trey Watson, 11 carries, 54 yards. And Vic and Wary had 17 rushes for 46 yards and a touchdown. Receiving-wise, Vic Wharton, the third, had five receptions for 156 yards and one touchdown. Jordan VC, four receptions, 35 for a touchdown. And Trey Watson, four receptions for 32. Uh, beyond that, um, you had, of course, we already talked about Devontae Downs, who had an outstanding game. Quinton Tartable at safety had an outstanding game, too, with eight tackles. Um, Cameron Bynum at corner had a, had a half a sack and a half tackle for loss and a pass breakup and seven great. tackles. He looked great. I, the, the team just played out of their minds. Like, I... So so here's the general question for me, for you, is do you think this this team played beyond their ability, or is this just showing what their potential could be? Do you get do you get what I'm trying to ask you here? Well, I think yeah, it's tough to say. I think mainly UNC played to their ability, oh. like their offensive ability. That was the thing when I was writing the offensive preview. It just became more and more apparent that they had tons of questions and very little answers. And yeah. They were resetting on so many positions. Cal just had way more experience. And then you add in the coaching, and, and the, the coaching, I think, is at the level of expectation or maybe a bit above where I thought it would be, just if in regards to that performance. 
But I think more so than anything, like UNC just isn't a good offensive football team. Mm-hmm. And if they are going to be a good offensive football team, because they have consistently proven the fact that they have been like at least top 40 every single year, almost like every single year outside of one year, they're number nine. Uh, I, I think that it's going to come later in the year. So we got them at the early of the season. They haven't figured it out. And then, yeah, I mean, you just saw it. Like Fedora playing Harris for that long, like it just didn't really make any sense. Yeah, like, and he was not playing well at all, which is why they put in Surratt in the entire second half, and he exploded. Like I, I will say this now. When NC comes to play in Berkeley next season, Surratt is going to be a huge thorn in our side, especially because our defense is going to be resetting that year. We're going to lose so many seniors. So, yeah, that's just kudos to NC because they, I think they found their quarterback for the next four years. Um, and sorry, Brandon Harris is a grad transfer and you just don't make it. Oh, God. I mean, it's, it's how it goes, right? Yeah. With college football. So it kind of took a, a roundabout way with your question. But what do you think? Uh, I think I think this just showed their, shows their potential. I think... I was look. I watched the game over. I rewatched the game twice. So I watched the game live and then rewatched the game twice. And every, the by the third time, I had realized there are some mistakes that they made which are easily fixable, so easily fixable. Give me an example. Um, on defense, uh, there were a couple plays where they expected help to come, which is why they didn't tackle fully, but kind of, kind of pushed the, the push the ball carrier in towards the field because they knew help was coming, but the help got blocked and they just got a, a huge chunk of yard gain. Hmm. I just can't remember what, what, who, the, who was or what the player was, but it's just those types of things. It's just, it's just you can look at the tape and go, you're going to get help, but you have to at least grab him by the ankles and not let him move so that the help can come get you. Otherwise, this guy's going get to more, get more yards. And then, of course, offensively, it's just... You're gonna you're you have a quarterback who's starting for the first time. He's gonna go back and look at the tape and go, "Oh, I should not have made that throw." You know, mm-hmm. um, on two of those the, the two interceptions, the first one definitely he should not have made that throw. Um, he did the same spin out move as he did for the touchdown, um, and it was he thought he had a he thought he had a window to throw it, but the linebacker read it, stepped right into it, and caught it and went down. The other one to D Rob was just severely thrown behind him. And I think D-Rob was ahead of the linebacker, Andre Smith, who's one hell of a middle linebacker, by the way, number 10 on UNC. But D-Rob was ahead of him, but Ross threw behind him on a crossing route. So it was kind of like it just fell straight into the the linebacker's hands, and then he just took off. But D-Rob, of course... My God, that man is fast. Chased him down, what, like 30, 30 or 40 yards down and got him down at the, what, five-yard line? Of course, that ended up in the touchdown, but still, he saved it from happening from a pick six. So, um, yeah, I definitely think it's just you look – there's a lot of things you can look at the tape and go, that's – Ross, you can't throw it in there. If you, if you see that, throw it away, right? And, you know, there were a bunch of times that Ross took off if he didn't see anything either and it looked great. His pocket awareness was really good. Um, and I guess we'll turn this into a little Ross Bauer chat. Are you, are you sold on Bowers 
No. No. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely not. Not after one game. But uh, I certainly think I'm pretty excited about it. But I think that there were a couple of throws that looked, you know, for me, I'm first qu- first quarter watching it on TV, and then after that I'm on the radio. So forgive me for my latter three. Mm-hmm. But even in the first quarter, there was that one over the middle that he shouldn't have thrown, had no business throwing that ball. And it should have been t- picked in probably for a touchdown. Yeah. So like he made enough mistakes for me to be like, well, he has work. Like his ball it wasn't necessarily like the tightest spiral I've ever mm-hmm. seen, and he was also putting too much air under pat under passes out to running backs, and then uh, trying to throw them too fast. Like just showing a ton of nerves. So it's like yes, like but but to me, the improvement from that game to this game will be really important, especially against a like let's say like in a matchup, an inferior opponent in, in that regard. So it's, it's to me not necessarily looking at this game and saying specifically that I'm high in him long-term. If I see the improvement from this game to the next and, then and another the improvement, next. then that's it, uh, more so than anything else. And like a lot of what you talked about, especially the radio guys were saying like there are many times when he should have run and there are times when he should have held on to it. There's a perfect person for this for Ross to look up to and kind of – learn from on that regard and he plays in green bay uh he happened to go to cal too i don't know if you know about that but um just some random guy drafted in the first round i don't don't remember just that guy and it wasn't by the niners unfortunately so yeah i'm I'm excited but i'm just not sold yet um because of it like just in this conversation i was like oh yeah oh yeah you know just a little bit of hesitation Mm -hmm. not to say he didn't have a fantastic game like he looks like the guy yeah but you wanna you wanna hold off judgment for a couple games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. Um, one thing I will say is because just because I've watched the game you know a bunch of times and you listen to the radio, <laughs> his but. his throws and his awareness did get better as the game went on, and I do feel maybe the first quarter he got a little bit of those first game bugs and you know the jittery nerves. Although he said he wasn't nervous, but let's be real, <laughs> let's be real now. Let's 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 be honest. Everyone's a little nervous. If I mean, if it's their first collegiate game as the starter, uh, but I mean, he was cool, composed, moved well in the pocket, saw the directions in which the pockets were collapsing, and stepped up into the areas where the pocket was open. If he didn't see, if he didn't, I know in the third for sure. If he didn't see uh, certain passes or whatnot, he would, or in the fourth, uh, he he took off and he got us a first down with his feet too. Um, so it's de- that's definitely a plus to see now because we've we've been accustomed to four years worth of quarterbacks that every time they took off to run we immediately started to cringe because <laughs> either one they were going to get laid out or two we were afraid that they were going to break something as they were running. So now we actually see a natural runner um, who knows how to slide properly and, and do all that stuff. So it's it's great to see. Um, and then moving on from Bowers, let's let's head on to the defense for a little bit. The tackling and the tracking and the ball skills, it's all there. It's the same players. We haven't added we didn't add anyone in that class um in terms of defense. Well, Elijah Hicks, of course. Um, but what I we've talked about this multiple times. One guy on a football team cannot change a team that drastically, unlike other sports like basketball. Unless it's a quarterback. Unless it's a quarterback, yes. Um, 
And so I was very impressed with the tackling. I mean, I had seen them do this, you know, for against our offense. But to finally see it happen against their, another team's offensive players, not knowing what schemes they run or what play they're going to call or, you know, the tendencies of like, hey, I know what Trey likes to do on this move or I know what Vic likes to do here, but a totally new opponent um, and they're tackling, the swarming to the ball, the the hype around it, the just I I didn't get nervous every time the a running back broke off one tackle because I felt like the guys that were coming over were gonna make the tackle down. So I don't know. I felt very impressed by that and how you thought. Well, I think the whole the whole feel of the game was different like from the very beginning when the North Carolina went three and out to start. Yeah, it just was like, oh wait, what? <laughs> like that can happen. <laughs> On the first possession of the play, they went right. three and out? They didn't drive 40 yards super easily and then at least get some sort of points on the board or maybe get four and out on some... You know, it's just like our expectations were so low. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, you you nailed it. Like, just the technique. Um, I, think, I think it was you mentioned just like guys being in the right place um, rather than the last few years. They've just always seemed to be in the wrong place. Uh, and yeah, I mean, that was it. Like the turnover battle and the fact that that was, uh, really something that we were able to generate like last two years ago, it sort of felt like we were the the lucky team because of turnovers. Like yeah. we had lucked into being a turnover dependent defense and like, and that worked for us. And then the fall, like last year we were like, well, you know, if they can be that turnovers defense, then. And we talked about Greg Burns talking about like the blah blah blah, and, and this feels like more of turnovers as a direct result of proper execution. Exactly. So that's pretty. Yeah, I mean, it was, I don't know. I don't give anything hard to give anything besides an A on that defensive effort, especially with that BS touchdown at the end. Yeah, it was just one of those. Yeah, we we always knew that we had some talented guys on the defensive end, and finally we're seeing that come to fruition, um, and that's the cool part. You know, guys like Devontae Downs, like Nam's been on him every year saying that he's the breakout player of the year. <laughs> finally, he's right. Finally, that man is right. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the, the defensive guys were, were all good. Evan Weaver, Cameron Saffel, oh, my goodness, they are going to be – I mean, we only have Cam for one more year. But Evan Weaver is going to be a stud in a few years at middle linebacker. I'm 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 pulling I'm writing that down now. We only have Saffle for one more year. Yeah, he's a because uh, he played last year, and that was his sophomore season. Hmm. So he's a junior now. He'll be a senior next year. Bummer. Nah, that's okay. Yeah, they'll they'll restock. They'll the the they'll recruit well too. I think the I recruiting think. impact yes. from this game is big. Yeah. Talk about like painting a vision, yeah, and then executing on that. Mm-hmm. Amazing, yeah. All right, uh, a couple, two more things before we end here okay. on the UNC game. First thing, how do you feel that we are we've this Cal football team has gotten votes? We got two votes in the I believe the AP poll. We got five votes in the coaches poll. So that puts for us the top twenty five for the top twenty five. That puts <laughs> us. That puts us in the AP poll. That puts us at number forty if you were to rank all the teams, and in the coaches poll, that would put us, I think, at forty-five if you ranked all the teams. Man, there's some other high beasts among us. <laughs> but two media guys and five coaches. 
that's what that's that's pretty astounding to me. Is that there were there were five coaches that looked at this Cal UNC game was like, damn, they're they're gonna be good. <laughs> they're gonna be that good. Uh, so can I put another hypothetical for you? Yeah, on the far end. Regardless of the wins losses, let's say Cal ends either in the like in the bottom in the very bottom of the top twenty five, or you know in the other receiving votes, like when the the first five names or so. So we just missed out on the top twenty five. How much expectation does that put for next year? Like eight, four, nine, and three type stuff. Yeah, that's what I'd expect. Yeah, yeah, you're getting really excited. <laughs> uh, yeah, dangerous territory. Yeah. I mean, you just the biggest thing for me this year is still consistent with like wanting to get that one upset. Yeah, UNC isn't a big enough upset. It's great. Like, don't get me wrong, down twelve point underdog, yeah. but I don't think you know that much about a team yet. Plus, we're only one weekend. <laughs> right. Like, so, okay, maybe Ole Miss doesn't go our way. Yeah. And then we upset SC. Season's made. Anything after that? Gravy on top, you know? So, how much of the expectation, though? If, you, if we go 6-6 six and six and go to a bowl game our first year and make that step-level improvement on defense and maintain uh, the same, uh, obviously not the same, but only drop a little bit on the offensive side of the ball, and you look at keeping the same quarterback – Top wide receiver in the nation, arguably. Um, and well, our, we'll have our entire receiving core. Yeah, no one would leave. The only the only positions we would replace on our offense would be the two running backs. We lose uh, VC, right? Oh, and yes, we lose VC. So VC but and our top two running backs. and the top two running backs, but replaceable position. So you have that side of the ball taken care of. You already have a defensive minded coach with talent that's there that's and a lot of underclassmen that are playing this year too yeah so it's hard for me to not look at that and say okay add two wins Mm -hmm. and someone else will have to be resetting or maybe it's the year when we get to play like some whack out of conference opponents Mm -hmm. it's not but you know one of those um i believe we play i don't think we play auburn next year i think that got pushed yeah, to get pushed. I think we play them the following year. We play Auburn, so we have that on the horizon too. More SEC teams on the horizon. Yeah, so pretty exciting. Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting stuff. And it's only week one. <laughs> it's only week one. It's only week one. All right. Yeah, that that will just about do it. Wait, uh, what about you? What do you think? What in in terms of that question? Yeah. Yeah, my expectation definitely changes. I think, um, I think the the big thing here is that the expectation changes depending on the person. So, you and I, we we cover this team week in week out. We pretty much know every single player on the roster. We pretty much know who's leaving, who's staying. But for the average person, it's just going to look at that ranking and just go, "Oh wow, Cal finished within the top thirty teams in the country this year," and. They don't really think about <clears throat> just the upperclassmen or thing or people that might leave earlier or so on and so forth, right? And then their expectation next year is like start off the season as a top thirty team. Whereas my expectation, if we ended that way, I think we start off under that and we work our way up again. But the ceiling of that team definitely becomes higher, mm. a lot higher. Um, and that's that would be my expectation of it. Is let's say we ended the season. Somewhere be- ranked, you know, between number 26 and 35, right? Then my, my expectation for that following season is I think the potential of that team 
probably reaches to maybe 15. Mm. You know, and we, and we slowly work our way up that way. Of course, that also depends on what happens on the recruiting trail as well. If we land, let's say we land like a couple of five-star linebackers, then that could, change, that could change instantly as well. So one last question. If that were to happen. Yes. We have this, this man. His name is Mike. Mr. Mike, mm-hmm. who ironically doesn't like to speak in front of mics. Yeah. So if basketball takes the same trajectory, yeah. do you ask Mike Williams to stay on? What did he do right? If in that scenario. Exactly. Because it seemed like Or it was, what did he what did he do wrong? If you if you look at it that way, he made the two hires that ended up changing the entire trajectory of the program. Like the past two coaches took took it from their previous coaches and took it a half step or a step up, right? In terms of some of the other aspects of the program, mm-hmm. whether it be the academic side or for basketball pulling in some five-star recruits and showing that that's possible. Now you got another coach who, you know, Viking Jones will talk about his recruiting stuff in, in a little bit, but my God, he's putting together a stellar recruiting class. And if he can show some type of product on the, on the court, and let's say we happen to land Jordan Brown, you know, for, for the following season, then the hype builds up for the basketball team again too. And then Wilcox, let's say ends this year, seven and five goes to the bowl game. Then <laughs> did you hire the wrong people? No. Is that's is that the AD's job? Yes. To hire the right people, not the wrong people. I I I don't know what what reason you would put on quote unquote firing him. I mean he's leaving because or he's not looking to extend is what's going on. But you know, I I don't know. I guess the only other thing that I could say maybe would be the issue is Maybe there's, I don't know, um, external factors. Mm. You know, just some some inside politic things that we don't know about. Oh, plenty. Yeah. Um, maybe there's, I mean, not only politics with the administration, but maybe with the donors as well. Maybe there is some some from that side as well. So those are two sides of the story that probably no one will ever know about unless you're directly involved. So... Mm. But I would. I would ask. I mean, as of right now, you have a full year to look for the hire. So I think you take – this is just my hypothetical. You take about six months and you look for that home run AD hire, right? And if that doesn't come to fruition, maybe go back and ask. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for us. We're going to move on to some basketball talk. Oh, boy. Some basketball talk. <laughs> Forward Andre Kelly committed to Cal on his official visit this weekend. So that, that puts our recruiting class at three. <laughs> you would. I was about to say four because I was already thinking of my sentence ahead. Three. three. That puts <laughs> what our, a tease. Yeah. Puts our recruiting class, recruiting class at three. We, in terms of if we were to just go the normal straight route of like seniors leaving, mm-hmm. we have four roster spots available or four scholarships available. So three of those are now already taken. So the only X factor of us getting more scholarships is if one, people transfer, mm. two, people graduate early and leave, um, or three, you know, decide to stop playing basketball. So, so, we're, so we're tentatively at four. Right, is what we're going to say, because you just don't know what happens 
with transfers and things like that. So we're at four, three filled, one last spot. Andre Kelly, solid, solid player, about six, six nine, six eight, forward. Doesn't have a jump shot from the outside yet. I think that's what he wants to develop in his senior season. But for now, very good in transition, very good shot blocker from the weak side, runs the floor really well, plays above the rim in transition too. So you throw the ball up to him, he's going to slam it down. Um, and he's going to dunk on some people. So you get that type of forward, which which is perfect for the system that Viking wants wants to run, at least defensively. Because defensively, he wants to run the press. So you want guys that are mobile, agile, and can guard and run different with different positions. And so we're probably going to see a lot more of the three guards and two forwards type system um, in terms of how we run the press. So now that you have that, and he's arguably a four-star in my opinion. I think a lot of sites do rate him as a four-star. He's just not rated in like the top 100. Um, but I think he's de- he's definitely a four-star, probably a guy you'll see here for maybe three or four years. Wow. I thought it was three. On scout, he's a three. But scouts scouts star rating is really weird right now because they just merged with 247. And like their entire like composite of like athletes is like all skewed and weird. Mm. So... So yeah, that's huge because our last spot is pretty much designated after one guy, five-star Jordan Brown. So you now you when Jordan comes to town, you know for his, for a visit because he he's moving schools from Rose Rosewood Roseville in Sacramento to Prolific Prep in Napa, which is that huge powerhouse school that Josh Jackson, who just got drafted by the Suns, went to. Um, so now you got him, and let's say he comes down for a visit, and you go, hey, Jordan, we got Matt Bradley, who's going to be a stud at shooting guard. We got Jacoby, jo- Jacoby Gordon, who's probably a really athletic wing forward. And now we got Andre Kelly. We got a big man to play right next to you. And since he doesn't really have an outside shot, but he's a matchup nightmare because he can play outside in terms of dribbling or he can back up the smaller guys that goes on him. We're going to have you kind of in the free roll, the free forward roll. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> you, want to, you want to stay outside and shoot jumpers on pick and pops? Do that. You want to go inside and pull someone up and dunk on someone? Do that. Now we have the big guy. Now we can show you how we want to build our team around you. We got all these guys. We got, we got three point guards that we brought in just this year. We got another sharpshooter stretch the floor in Austin McCullough and Grant Antisevich. And then Paris Austin, who played yeah. at Boise State for a year, is going to be your starting point guard in a year. And he'll he's, he's he, nice. He fed he fed Ivan in high school. Like he's going to feed you the ball well. He played in that uh, amateur tournament. Yeah, SF. that pro am. Yeah, a bunch of my friends hit me up and said he looked super good. Super good. Yeah. So that's that's where that's where it's huge for me. The hype is real, Rob. Yeah, I can feel it. Yeah, because now you can actually paint a picture for him. When he comes down, so now, so here's the big thing for now, is if he, if you really want to draw him in, you have to show something on the court. It doesn't have to be wins, because I think he's smart enough to know that he's. It's not. It's not about the wins losses in the season that he's not there. Mm-hmm. It's about now. Can you make enough game tape to kind of entice him to say he, this is the role we want you to play in the offense. This is the type of thing we want you to do on the defensive side too. This is how we're going to make you shine and grow. And I think if you do that enough, 
then he, yeah, of course he's going to want to come here. Because I think the big thing is he want to stay local. And he announced his top seven. And judging from the likes of it, I mean, one of them is the school that his dad went to. So that's just pretty much a, a throw in. You got UCLA, us, Oregon, Nevada, which I don't think is a real option. What school does dad go to? Uh, Louisiana Lafayette. Oh, okay. So yeah. a real throw. Mm-hmm. And then Gonzaga. Ooh. So in my opinion, the big three in there is us because of location, right? And that we've also been on in, in on him since his freshman year. And then UCLA, of course. And I think Gonzaga, I think, is the other the other big one. Because you just don't know. Mark Few might just, you know. Yeah, Gonzaga, I think, is probably the most serious threat. UCLA, yeah. you're, if I'm a five-star guy, I'm saying, okay, who else am I going to have to compete with? And am I really going to see the light of day? Yeah. So maybe you have a better argument there. Plus, the Ball family is going to ruin that organization anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty exciting. I, the biggest thing for me is just making sure we get that practice facility. Yep. You can't be showing these guys like the RSF and be like, just imagine you practicing here right next to these <laughs> students. <laughs> like, you want to feel like a student? Yeah. So, yeah, that's so exciting. It is. It is very exciting. All right. Well, we got a couple of questions. I sent out a tweet earlier, and we got a couple of questions. So we're going to use the questions to, to end this podcast right now. So um, let's go with this. First one, Chicago Bears just did some stuff on Twitter today, you know, promoting their new season. And they just dropped the hashtag Go Bears. And it, when you do it on Twitter, it, it leaves you with that list, the, the Chicago Bears C next to it. So now if you go back and you click the hashtag Go Bears and you look at every single tweet, whether it has to do with the Chicago Bears or not, it all has that C next to it. So there's, I, put up a, I took a picture of Sam Singer's tweet earlier of like the Cal football win on, at UNC. And it says Go Bears and there's that Chicago Bears C next to it. Wait, what? Yeah. So I think it, it just automates. I was really confused as to why Sam Singer had tweeted out the Chicago Bears one. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. really puzzled. Yeah. So it's uh, so I got, we got a question from one of our one of our good listeners, Felipe Lopez. He says, "How do trade smart work, and can we get the NFL to backtrack on this whole hashtag Go Bears BS?" We already have it trademarked. Exactly. It we was have part tra- of the Under Armour when they came out with all that stuff. Remember, they gave yes. that little diagram. But in they the bottom said, right. officially, officially, uh, I read, on, there was an article, I can't remember what website. I'll, I'll get that out on the next podcast. But officially, we had that trademark since 2015. Wow. I would have so, thought we had that trademarked a long time Yeah, ago. that's what I thought too. But no, 2015. So we've had that. Hmm. Great. Utilize it and how tell do, the Chicago Bears how to do trade. How do trademarks work? If someone uses it, you say you can't use it, and now they have to backtrack it and take it all down. That's how it works. So someone's getting fired. <laughs> you had one job to check the trademarks. You had one job. One job. But you didn't do it. Twist and Hook asks us, do you, do you think we beat UNC? USC. Uh, sorry, SC. Wow. Duh. Yes. Of course we do. Yes. This is the bear cast after all. The hype is real. Yes. Leslie Mitchell also replied to us and said uh, about the um, trademarks. 
I've been told by several people that Chicago had to back off using Bear Down last year because Arizona had it trademarked. <laughs> they really can't get anything done. <laughs> the Bears are so... Wow. Oh, Chicago, what are you doing? Come on, man. Come on, come on, come on. Um, and I think... I think that's it. That is all the questions that we had for today. Just those three? Yeah, just those three. Yeah, that's it. We're done. Alrighty. Any, any closing thoughts? I'm excited for Saturday. So am I. I'll be listening on the radio again. <laughs> and then I'm back in the booth, and I'm watching on TV for the rest of the season. But yeah. first two games, I'm on radio. I'm excited to be in the booth. It's, it's that time of year, Andy, for you and me to sit in the booth together. All right, with our blue and gold gummy bears. Yes. That is the way to do it. They still have them? They still have them. Cool. That is the way to do it. If you don't know, Berkeley Bowl in, in Berkeley has uh, blue and gold gummy bears. They're packs of gummy bears, and it's just the blue and gold ones. <laughs> and we, I, I buy a bag every Friday night before a game or the day before a game. I always take it up to the booth, and that's what we're snacking on as you see us tweeting on Golden Blocks. We, we're, spo- we're actually sponsored by Berkeley Bowl. <laughs> we are. We the are. Bearcast. The Bearcast presented by Berkeley Bowl. Gummy bears. Yeah, we should ask. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be really cool. They've gotten like four shout-outs. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be worth something. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be at this rate. I think we have a better chance at Berkeley Bowl than Nam and Scotty do at getting New Balance and Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I legit think we do. I th- legit think we do. All right, well, that wraps it up for us here uh, on the BearCast. Um, just look out for the preview pod for Weaver State to drop sometime soon. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.